we are here with another episode of MJV's Authorized Memecast. I am James. I'm the content creator for MJV. I'm joined once again by Nicole of Cedar Fair Fam. We are joined by, with a very special guest today, somebody that was a part of our youth ministry here at the church that we serve at from the first day that we started. He was my right-hand man pretty much the whole time he was here, and he was just a huge blessing to our youth department not only as a student, but when he became an adult and began helping out with the youth department. Today we are joined with by the one, the only, the legendary Gabriel Hopkins. How you doing, Gabriel? Hey. I'm doing good. So we we miss you a lot. You since you've been gone, it just hasn't been the same. We do still have your picture posted on the prayer board. Your yeah. face is in the corner. So every time we pray, we uh we see your face. So it's like you're there with us. Yeah. So how are you enjoying your new life in Georgia? The weather's nice. Uh, you know, it's good. I, I'm i not going to lie. I'm not going to be prepared for the summertime. Uh, <laughs> people have been telling me that it, it gets really hot. So, I'm, you know, that's when I might leave. <laughs> Well, you wore shorts year-round in Ohio, so I know you have enough to survive Georgia. I, I do. <laughs> so, like I said, Gabe, you were part of this youth department for, you know, the whole time that I've been here, and you were part of the one before that, and you you were helping out even after you were an adult. Out of all those years and everything that we did, all the activities and all the classes, what was your – if you could think of one moment that was, like, your favorite moment – out of the whole time you spent in the youth department, uh, what would that moment be? Uh, my favorite moment would be like the lock-ins and just the like turnouts, you know, that we would have, and just like the to experience a younger generation of people okay. coming and uh, you know like that and some you know like the gospel series is another moment that I really enjoyed getting a chance to, you know, hear the gospel and try to present it to people. Yes, absolutely. The uh, Life in Six Words series, uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but um, that really changed the whole atmosphere of the youth group. Yes, the Dare to Share conventions for the youth was definitely a big milestone for us in our ministry. So, so you said the lock-ins were some of your favorite memories. Do you have a particular like like thing that happened or a game or uh, something that, you know, a memory that just kind of sticks out above the rest? Uh, yes. My favorite memory, uh, I think it was one of Brooke's friends, I believe, or, uh, or even one of Brittany's friends, I think, uh, one of the girls had chugged a two-liter of pop <laughs> all one of the years, and I was like, "Oh, you know, like that—that that, that was something to see." Yeah, I think her name was Alejandra, and she ended up throwing up, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, so after pretty, doing it that, it was pretty friend. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've I've, had a lot of weird things being drank and ate at Lockins over the years. Well, you have to. That's just part of yes. his ministry making the kids eat things that they probably shouldn't. Like so. Gabe and his chocolate syrup. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll forever remember that. Just 
jokingly daring you to chug the chocolate syrup. And and it wasn't just a normal standard size bottle of chocolate nope. syrup. It was one of the like large, like family size yes. bottles of Hershey's syrup. And you just downed it. You, yeah. Or or him trying uh, to feed uh, Zane in the uh, frozen waffle eating. Oh, yeah. They weren't even cooked. They were just out the box. Yeah, just out the box. You guys were just, that was our, um, what were Stranger some, Things themed one. What were some of your least favorite things, games and stuff we've played over the years? The combination of saucers. Uh, the <laughs> first, the first summer locking and all the saucers mm-hmm. was yeah. my least favorite. We're trying to make lemonade in our yes. mouths. Yes, <laughs> I forgot about that one. I think. He also did a game, remember, where there was, like, dog bones? Oh, yeah. And everybody had to crawl to the one side of the fellowship hall to the other. And everybody had, like, rug burn, and a lot of people didn't care for that game. (laughs) Yeah, they had to take the dog bones in their mouth and take them to their dog (laughs) dish on the other side and put them in. And, uh, yeah, everybody... Yes. Rug burn all over their knees and their uh, elbows. It was pretty nasty. We we never did that game again. No. And the game game reference was lemonade mouth. They had to go and run to one side and get like lemon juice and then run back to the other side and then run to the other side and get sugar and, and everything until they made lemonade in their mouth. But the point was the lemon juice was very sour. Yeah. So it, they didn't enjoy that one amongst others over the years. Okay, Nicole, what is one of your favorite memories of Gabe in the youth <laughs> department? You already mentioned the chocolate syrup, but there's like hundreds of them. Yes, there's so many. Gabe, I, I think one of my memories of Gabe will always be the fact that he hit my son's head on the door, but <laughs> I think one of the other memories of Gabe was when um, he accidentally uh, fell on a student and broke their clavicle. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to go into that in a little more detail. It's very a bit. memorable. <laughs> but no, we've had so many uh, fun experiences with Gabe, and he's gone to so many different events. And I think the best memory I have of Gabe was the first uh, year that I had went with you to camp. Um, when we turned the corner and Gabe was just surrounded by a bunch of mostly girls around the gazebo <laughs> and they were calling him different um, nicknames and it was just cool seeing you uh, interacting with people and having so much fun. Right, because um, we weren't sure how you were going to do at camp and you you flourished. Like you, like at a very young age, you not only were interacting with everybody, but you were in the... Uh, in the cabin, like leading prayer and, um, you know, just talking with the other kids like Zay and Tyler and them and uh, just being a leader from like day one. So um, it's rare in youth groups to have somebody that steps up like that. And you were, you were always that person. So um, I think Brooks kind of filling your shoes now as the youth group leader, but uh, for a long time, it was, it was Gabe. He, you know, we appreciated you. One of my favorite memories with you, Gabe, is over the course of uh, uh, almost 10 years, you were in the youth department, you acquired so many nicknames, <laughs> so many nicknames. And what I want to do right now is I got a list of your nicknames, and I just want to go down through and uh, bring them up and see if you can recall how you acquired that nickname, you know, where it came from, 
who called it, who called you that nickname and, you know, why you just got it. So we're going to start out with the first and most famous one, the one that you're called most of the time, and that's Gabalicious. Do you remember when you got uh, that nickname and how it came about? Yeah, uh, it was after we had came back from Camp Chicago and uh, John had, he had said, he said Gabalicious first. After you had told him the story of uh, me being surrounded by all the girls, and then he, he he came up with that first. Yeah, it sounds like something John would say. John was a, a big help <laughs> for a long time in the youth department too. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you guys, I know you guys had a close relationship. You know, as we all did. Uh, the next next two are pretty much intertwined with each other, and and we know where they came from. But I'll let you explain where they came from. I'm going to announce them here together. Gaby Baby and Gabe the Cuteness. Yeah, so both of them came from camp. And I you were the, the, the first person to, to, to say Gabe the Cuteness, I believe. I had came back from playing basketball with all them girls. And you were the first person to say that. Well. If, if I'm not mistaken. The reason the reason I was calling you those names is because we were walking by the gazebo, and these were two names that one of the girls called you. We walked by, they're like "Gaby Baby," mm-hmm. and uh, they were they were like cat calling you. They're like <laughs> "Gaby Cuteness," and we were like thought it was fun. And uh, to the cool story earlier, we we thought we'd lost you, and um, <laughs> we were like, "Man, where where is Gabe?" Like we lost Gabe. We were looking all over Camp Chautauqua, which is a pretty big camp. Finally, one of the last places we looked was the um, the basketball area, in, the indoor basketball area. And there you are holding this basketball up in the air because you've always been a foot taller than everybody. <laughs> and all these girls jumping, trying to get the basketball. You're just holding it over their head. Like You do remember when I dunked on you, though, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I you're gonna bully yeah, me in the basketball ball. court because you're so much taller. I went up over top of you and dunked on you, so don't don't ever forget that. <laughs> and the kickball. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, I hit the home run on you. You didn't appreciate that either. Next one, next yeah. one, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I think I came up with that. <laughs> Where did you come up with it? You know, I, you know, I don't know. I just said it. You don't remember? We had went to uh, the Dare to Share convention in Washington, D.C. And that's oh, I, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, okay, I remember that now. Abraham Lincoln. You know, like Gabriel. <laughs> that was a very cool um, event because we don't normally go that far from home. So it was cool being able to go to Washington, D.C. We did some sightseeing um, and got to see some cool stuff. So that was a very fun Dare to Share. That was their last big Dare to Share before they did Dare to Share Live. Yeah, that was their last two-day conference where you, you went and uh, stayed and then you had a conference the next day yeah so it was very life-changing for a, you know our group and actually our son um he went even though he was so young he was what five mm-hmm. at the time and he was saved that uh evening of the first night of dare to share yeah he he heard the gospel he uh 
was, um, you know, clearly convicted and um, upset by it. Uh, you could tell there had been some changes in him and he was confused by what had happened. So, um, you know, we went through the Bible and explained to him, you know, what he heard and what it meant. And uh, he put his faith and trust in Jesus that night, which was awesome, yes. which is what those events are all about. So that yes. was really cool. And yes, we um, we got to stay as a family together because we had our daughter as well. But then the next nickname kind of ties into our senior pastor had to deal with this. And he <laughs> said he had to go and get earplugs and everything. Like industrial strength earplugs, not just it like. scaring his son. So what right. is this one? So the next two nicknames, what, what do you think they are? What, what, Death what snore. Name? Yes. yes. Death snore and zombie snore. I don't think Gabe will live down death snore. It's just, no. Okay, it's... so here's some memories with death snore. The one time we were at Camp Chautauqua and we're in a we're we're in the big cabin with a bunch of pe- a bunch of kids, and everybody's trying to sleep, and all you hear is <laughs> and um, everybody's laughing like, "What is that?" And uh, Zane had got up so, up so upset. I think he tried to smother you actually. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I remember the first lock in, uh, Deb who is like Gabe's second mom um she had warned us that he talks in his sleep and he snores and I was like oh it's no biggie you know like uh, it'll be all right and we didn't understand the <laughs> the depths of the snore <laughs> it's so bad like our son usually is a sound sleeper like he'll pass out and he just sleeps but a couple years ago at one of the lock-ins you I know mean, all the guys are you know sleeping in the same room he woke up like petrified crying because of these noises and it was just <laughs> thought like zombies were trying to break into the church it was just gabe sleeping so. okay next one gabatron 5000 i don't even know where that came from myself. that that I'll, I'll help you out with that one i gave you that one i was just you know we were writing a different nickname for you on the prayer board every week when uh you would volunteer to pray for a certain prayer requests and i just Gabatron 5000 just popped out like Megatron. Yeah. Gabatron. And you got to throw the 5000 on mm-hmm. it. I don't know why, but <laughs> Gabatron 5000. This next one you should probably be able to remember. Gabriella. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Brooke, Laney, and Galan uh, were the quadruplets. And mm-hmm. everyone has a different nickname. And I just so happen to be Gabriella. The faithful four. <laughs> Always yep. at everything. Grew up together. All right. Your next nickname is one of the later ones that um, yep. you acquired. And that was uh, Goober. You remember why we called you Goober? I just got my license in my car. Yeah. I remember yeah, that. You- yeah, you were picking up kids and uh, bringing them to church. Like just right after you got your license, you became like an Uber. So we're like the Gabe Uber, Uber, the Goober. Yes, the Gabe Uber. I remember everybody being so nervous about you driving when you first were like, "I'm getting my license," and look, you drove all the way to Georgia. Though, so uh, I was scared. <laughs> I'm sure it's stressful driving long distance okay we're gonna end with this next one but we're gonna skip down 
G baby. G baby. Also, nickname from from John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was cool because uh, when we were at uh, Winter Jam this last year, the DJ that was warming up everybody before the concert it was DJ G baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. So I took a picture of it and sent it to you. I'm like, Gabe, I didn't know you were a DJ. Nah. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> All the kids were like, "Oh, it's Gabe." <laughs> And the last one's kind of like a, a, a testimony to all the other nicknames because you just have so many, and that's AKA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's more than them on that list. Yeah, these are the primary ones. Like I, I could have done like thirty of them. There's so many different <laughs> things. So AKA just kind of became all encompassing. Because like, we were like Gabelicious, AKA Gaby Baby, AKA Gabe the Cuteness. So eventually, AKA just became one of your nicknames. Zane ended up being a nickname. Yeah, yeah Zane, because uh, Asher, um, couldn't, Asher, well, Pastor was, Jeremy. Oh, Pastor Jeremy. I know Asher kept calling him the wrong name too. Kept Zane and Gabe were always getting mixed up. Oh yes. So those are those are just a few of the nicknames. And that, that was one of my favorite uh, memories of having you in the youth department. Is just so many nicknames. Like I wanted to have shirts made up with all your nicknames on, but uh, um, so yeah, we miss you and. Um, you were here, like I said, you were here with us from day one for me, you know, taking the position as the youth director here at the church. And, uh, you know, you taught me a lot about youth ministry. And uh, we learned a lot about youth ministry together, kind of trial and error. And um, you were a part of so many of those memories. So what I wanted to do with this episode is um, I wanted it to be kind of an encouragement to anybody that serves in youth ministry. The episode is going to be called Youth Ministry 101. Just kind of what I wanted to do is just go through some things that I've learned over the last 10 years. And you were, like I said, you were right there with me and maybe you can give some commentary on it too. (laughs) Just things that we learned about youth ministry that we want to share with others that maybe they wouldn't uh, learn in a textbook or from going to Bible college or, you know, maybe something their pastor won't pass down to them, but just things that maybe you can kind of expect when you serve in youth ministry. So I'm going to go through some things here. And a lot of these things, we're going to have stories about how you directly taught us this. So, <laughs> and some we won't, but um, I got a list of 10 things here. We might have some more that we just kind of pop in our head as we go. The first one is if you serve in youth ministry, whenever you have a youth activity, you need waiver forms. <laughs> you need waiver yes. forms for youth activities. Gabe, why do we need waiver forms? Oh, because I had. My meter, I fell on a kid and broke his uh, his collarbone by accident. Snapped it like a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this this youth activity was the, one of the only summer lock-ins that we had. We usually do a New Year's Eve lock-in. And I had to work, and I was going to show up a few hours late. So, you know, we had the activity and just a couple of counselors. It was like our, my second year being the youth director. And... I, I show up and everybody's like meeting me frantically saying that a kid had to leave. I'm like, well, why they, well, you guys played a game called the blob. Yes. And what it was is a person started out as it, and then they tag somebody and they can join with the blob by grabbing out of their arms and they'd have to run around together and try to get everybody else. And ultimately the ultimate goal was to get everybody kind of consumed into this blob. Mm-hmm. Well, Gabe, like I said, you're, you're, you're taller than I am. And you're just a big guy. And uh, the other kid, we, we won't say his name. No, but he was junior high age, so he was quite a bit younger as well. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the blob didn't connect so well, I guess, with the two of you. <laughs> I think that he um, had fallen on the ground and Gabe kind of tripped and fell on him. So I, I was fearful for Asher because my little baby, he, he's grown up in, in the youth too as, a, as an infant. And he was so small at the time. He's still running around. He thinks he's a, he's he thought he's a teenager since he could walk. Yep. And they were just pulling him. And I thought they were going to rip him up. His they arms out of the pocket. So I'm worried about him. <laughs> and the next thing you know, there's a kid just on the ground crying. It was it was a learning experience. That was yes. Crazy. I remember um, our pastor at the time coming to me and like you didn't have waiver forms. Like I didn't know I needed waiver forms for youth activities and uh we were concerned that the you know the kids parents were going to sue the church over you know getting injured at the youth activity and um he you know that didn't end up happening but we did end up having to cover his medical bills and things like that right because you know he was injured at the activity so we learned that through Gabe smashing a kid and breaking his clavicle that you need weight whenever you have a youth activity if you're going to be doing anything that involves like physical activity or a a large number of kids you need to have them sign just a a liability um right and it's not necessarily all about the liability like having the parents contact information is important because i didn't have information for his parents so i had to rely on his older sister to be relaying messages when it would have been easier and maybe less stressful for the parent if they had heard from an adult but i didn't have information right yeah having their information, allergies, things like that, just basic medical information and parental contact information is important in youth ministry when you're having a youth activity. Next one is if you're going to pick up or drop off a kid, make sure that you have parental permission. (laughs) Gabe, why Uh do you think we bring that up? Uh, Because I got picked up from school and at the time my phone was off. And so my mom didn't know that uh, I was getting picked up until people thought I was kidnapped. <laughs> yes. So what had happened is I got a text message from you asking if I could pick you up after, I think, swim practice for church since, you know, you were staying after school and, you know, church started an hour or two after. Right. Yes, for, Wednesday. for Wednesday evening service. So, um, yeah, I said, yeah, of course, you know, obviously, you know, that's something a youth pastor should do, you know, provide transportation for the teenagers if they don't have it. So I swung by the school and I grabbed you and I think we stopped at Save a Lot to grab some snacks for the class and we're getting back in the van and I'm pulling on the Perkins Ave and I get a call from my cousin and he's like, did you hear? I'm like, did I hear what? They're like, Gabe, I'm like, what about Gabe? It's like somebody kidnapped him from the school. They can't find him anywhere. I'm like, Gabe's right here with me, but he wouldn't listen. He was just so frantic. He kept repeating Gabe had been kidnapped. And I'm just like, Chad, he's sitting right here next to me. He asked me to pick him up from school. So I picked him up and uh, he's like, oh, his mom thought he was kidnapped. So I'm like, Gabe, did you not tell your mom that you were getting picked up after school? And you're like, uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, You forgot. I'm like, I'm I'm probably going to get arrested for kidnapping now because I you know I got you in the car and they they probably 
you're going to contact the law saying that you've been kidnapped. Right. So they're um, going to see him getting in a, because at the time we just had the white band. Right. Was, band with. <laughs> it already looks a little sus. And uh, so I got a hold of Deb. I'm like, can you please explain what happened to Gabe's mom and apologize frantically on my behalf? Because, you know, I, you know, we were getting ready to start class and I had all the kids and, um, you know, I didn't really want to deal with <laughs> deal, deal with that. So I explained everything that happened to Deb. And yeah, your mom wasn't happy about it, but uh, uh, we learned, okay, if we provide transportation for any kids to know that we need to have uh, at least. Their parents need to know. Yeah, their parents need to know. We need to make sure that their parents know. Whether it's getting the kid to contact the parent with you visually observing them contacting the parent being like, hey, youth pastor's picking me up for church or we're going to this activity or I'm going to hang out at their house, making sure that they contacted their parent because, you know, it's just something you should do. Mm-hmm. And the next, the next thing here doesn't really have anything to do with Gabe necessarily, but as a youth pastor or a youth minister or anybody that's working really with any form of ministry, but especially with youth, is you need to be, be prepared to have people uh, slander your name, have people be prepared for people to say things that aren't true about you, because it's going to happen. The Lord told us it would happen. And there's a few instances where I can think of off the top of my head where this has happened. And it really upsets you and it really tests your faith. And it makes you have to like, you know, take a step back, you know, evaluate what's going on and figure out the best way to approach it. One particular way that this happened in our youth department is we were beginning to have a lot of kids that um, would just come to the youth activities. They, you know, we'd have 20 some kids at youth activities. And then during the week at uh, Wednesday night classes or, you know, Sundays, uh, we'd have the faithful few, which was you and, you know, maybe one or two, three other kids. And it was going like that for a while. We'd have a youth activity, everybody'd show up. So what we started doing was we, if you wanted to attend, youth activities you needed to have a certain percentage of attendance during the week uh, Wednesday night services and Sundays and also if you were going to youth activities and you had sponsorships you needed to fulfill your previous a sponsor or you know fundraising you needed to fulfill those obligations for the previous activity before you picked up new sponsorship for the next activity we had it we had a kid in our youth department he he struggled with this. He would like, get all his sponsorship and then he wouldn't fulfill his commitments. And um, he wouldn't come to church except for youth activities. And he contacted me asking about wanting to go to the next youth activity. And I just politely told him, you know, we'd love to have you there, but we need you to fulfill your previous commitments for the uh, previous activity before we'll get you another sponsor for this next one. Right. And somewhere between that and him telling his mom turned into, I, you know, I'm bullying his kid because, or her kid, because he's uh, special needs, which isn't the case at all. If if you look at our youth department, you know, that's something that we take very passionately is making sure that everybody gets treated the same, regardless of where they are. Mm -hmm. Just making sure that we do our best to make everybody feel welcome, make everybody feel like they're part of the youth group, because they are. We're all part of the body of Christ. And um, that that was just one way that, um, you know, they began spreading all these rumors that, um, you know, the youth department here discriminates against uh, 
kids that are special needs and that clearly is not the case. Yes, actually, like we have a very large uh, group of special needs students and we've actually continued taking on those students um, in their young adult life because we're just so connected to all of them. Right. And then once another time, (laughs) you need to prepare yourselves for uh, this too, is uh, make sure you have the parental consent when, you know, obviously when you take kids back and forth, but uh, make sure that you just keep in contact with them because there are times where, you know, things will come up where your name will just get thrown out and it's just not accurate. When I, when I first started Bible college, when I was in my early twenties, we provided transportation. I was a bus captain. So I, we picked up, you know, I, there was like 30, 40 kids on my bus route that we picked up. One of the particular kids would want to come on Wednesday night. So uh, me and a few other people would, you know, take turns picking them up and bringing them to church. So they were just familiar with who I was. The parents were. And uh, this particular girl had told her parents that I'd be picking her up for youth uh, Wednesday night. And, uh, so youth activity on night, and it was a it was a Friday night that I was going to pick her up, and so nobody paid no mind. She went with these people on a Friday night. It turned out to be some older boys that had gotten her drunk, and she ended up with alcohol poisoning. And the parents had contacted the church saying that I picked her up and I'd done all this stuff. And clearly, once she because she was she was unconscious for a while. When she came to, she admitted that she had lied, and I had nothing to do with it, but. Had I, you know, had more contact with the parents there in that situation and they, you know, they, they clearly would have known that I wasn't the one, you know, taking their kid to do these things. So, yeah, that was this kind of a scary moment. You know, I have the pastors from a very large church coming to me, you know, saying you got these accusations against you. Like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, I, I, I never picked this person up. So uh, that's something you got to be careful of. Yeah. Gabe, you alluded to earlier one of your favorite things about being in the youth department was uh, the gospel series from uh, Dare to Share, the life in six words and uh, the importance of that, you know, learning that and being able to share it with others. And um, I still remember when uh, we went to that Walmart, I don't know, maybe you want to tell this story with the first time you tried to share the gospel with somebody. Oh yeah. We had went to Walmart and we were in uh, West Virginia I believe, and uh, I had seen this uh, Walmart employee and was trying to present the gospel to her, and she just kind of was like, I'm working, and uh, didn't get a chance to, you know, tell her about it, about, you know, more about it, you know, was able to tell her, you know, what we had been you know learning at that point and so you know kind of felt discouraging that you know that they wouldn't want to hear you know the gospel be presented uh I I hope that she that the lady uh found Christ I mean you know yes right absolutely and I remember like you being so upset and discouraged but uh uh we'd heard so many stories before about, you know, you know, the results aren't up to us. They're up to God. It's he tells us that we need to go share his message. And then it's his responsibility to, you know, he's the one that saves, we don't do the saving. So he's the one that saves souls. And it's just our job to share that message. So we talked about, you know, the concept of planting seeds, you know, that could have been a time where, you know, she remembers this, 
kid was so passionate about God and wanting to share God with me and wanting to, you know, go through the Bible and tell me how I can know him. It could have sparked, planted a seed and sparked the interest in her that she followed up with later. Somebody else might come along and have a similar conversation and it could, you know, eventually you plant the seed and people come by and water it and water it. And eventually it might sprout into salvation. You don't, we don't know. So, but you know that you did your job and being obedient and sharing the gospel and that, and to bring that point up, it's so important that we know how to share the gospel with our students. I don't know how many times, you know, we'll have a youth activity or something. A kid just, you know, wants to know Jesus and we have counselors just fumbling through the Bible and not knowing what to say. You need to, as youth ministers and youth workers, we need to know how to open the Bible and show a kid how they can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And to the point of the gospel series, they have an amazing app. Maybe you're not the most, maybe you're a new Christian. Maybe you just started volunteering. Um, There's an app called the life in six words app that you can get on iPhone or Android or whatever you have. And it gives you kind of a step-by-step process of being able to share the gospel with a student. So even if you're not the most knowledgeable with the Bible and the scriptures yet, you can go through the person with this app step-by-step and show them how they can have a relationship with the Lord, which is really cool. Or if you get really nervous, if you have, uh, like, if you're like me, extremely introverted and have anxiety issues, it's really important to be able to know how to share the gospel with somebody, so... So, and it doesn't, it just doesn't do it in a kind of like a cheesy, like way that's just going to kind of detour the person. It's very set geared towards youth and helping them understand how they can have that relationship. Yes. Next one, Gabe, if you continue serving, you know, in youth ministry, this is important. Um, It's important for anybody serving youth ministries. You need to have a strong accountability partner. Yes, absolutely. And there's been times that we've, discussed with you know uh, other pastors and stuff me transitioning into other spots in the church to help out but I think we're very been very strong in like making sure they understand why we like to be a team I mean not only is it you know for the safety of ourselves but for our students too um, especially because the state age, it's very easy for um, allegations to just kind of be ran with. Um, so just making sure that, you know, we're both safe from um, any false accusations right. by a student. Absolutely. Um, especially with young, young girls and boys. Right. I don't, I have tons of stories that we can tell here. Like we had a um, a young woman in our youth department that would always have an issue and would try to get me to go pray with her off in private. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, no, um, you know, my wife's coming with me because, you know, we don't want any of those false accusations coming up. And uh, she took it a little, little far. Like she wanted to do everything like you. She started doing her hair like you started dressing like you. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, and that's something you got to be prepared for in youth ministry. These the students are very vulnerable. They confide a lot of things in you. So it's just natural for them to, you know, admire you mm-hmm. um, in that way. So you, it's something you got to be prepared for and have strong accountability for. Um, another reason you need it is um, when I, again, when I was younger, um, doing visitation. If you go do visitation, Bring somebody with you because it's your word against whoever you're visiting and what, what happens and what goes down. There was one particular time where I had gone by myself 
went and visited uh, this family that was on her bus route, knocked on the door, and the mom had come to the door, hardly dressed at all, and was, you know, trying to get me to come into her house, which I kept telling her, no, I need to continue visiting. And like Joseph with Potiphar's wife, I had to leave my coat there and run because, you know, you can't be put in those situations. But if you had somebody else with you, that situation uh, can be avoided. Right. So, yes, having a strong accountability partner is extremely important, not just in youth ministry, but in all ministry, Mm -hmm. really. Yes. Um, Use Bible-based curriculum. This is very important. There's so many things out there that, you know, are saying, teach this to your kids. And if it's not rooted in the Bible, you might as well just throw it in the trash can because it's not worth teaching. Um, Prepare for sleepless nights. Oh, so many. Gabe, um, you're not so much a, a part of this other than the snoring because <laughs> uh you you're usually one of the first ones to fall asleep so i always appreciated that about you is okay maybe i can get a few hours sleep with this activity but that never happens yeah the first few years of doing our lock-ins it was like we were super young we're still you know wet behind the ears and it wasn't as bad and um but these past few years getting into our later 30s it oh man it is so rough like recuperating the next day but this also like you know sleepless nights aren't just lock-ins too like there's been a lot of different things with youth over the years that you know we've had to you know pray upon for them and their families and stuff um right so you know you know when you're in that position you're basically serving as a, as a pastor to the teenagers. And, you know, when there's a death in the family or there's a crisis or, you know, just something's really bothering a teenager, you need to be available at any time for them. So at three in the morning, if they're calling you, you need to be able to answer your phone and talk with this kid. You know, it could be the difference between, you know, a life and death situation, especially if they're having, you know, depression issues or something like that, just being able to encourage them you know, with the word of God and, you know, being there for them is so important. Uh, this next one, uh, this next one, prepare for foul odors. <laughs> so many bad smells happen at youth activities. I, teenagers are at that age where they they really start to smell. Yes. <laughs> they just, they just stink. I'm, I'm always the one that stands up when we're talking about the events and I'm like, okay, guys, you know, I'm going to say it. Please wear deodorant. <laughs> deodorant. <laughs> Put some extra on for me, please. And it's not just, you know, the, the, both the guys and girls. Like, yes. So, yes. like, if you if you come to one of our uh, lock-ins and you walk into the guys' room where they were sleeping, it just smells so bad. <laughs> it takes yeah. a good day or two to, <laughs> to get air that, it out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's feet, it's, you know, it's B.O. It's just, and we get it, like, children... Like, at that age their their bodies are changing and you know and it causes a lot of these issues but it and it does bring up some awkward conversations if you have a student that uh just doesn't practice good hygiene you know having to talk to them or talk to their parents being like hey you know nobody wants to have that conversation right yeah it has caused some awkward conversations yeah it has caused some and i mean there's other hygiene issues with girls that come along with things. And that was one thing I learned in the first couple of lock-ins is like, I had to be prepared for the 
things I wasn't well prepared for <laughs> having to go to Kroger at one in the morning. <laughs> um, so yeah, for the girls, for these female counselors, pastors' wives, have the girl stuff in a bag. So Gabe, you, you were an awesome student. We obviously had a really good connection with you. You're somebody I consider a friend. And, uh, but that's not the relationship that you'll have with all the students. It, when you decide, if you continue to serve in youth ministry or anybody that's listening to this is the way I look at the students is they're like my friends. They're, I'm trying to be like a big brother to them. I try to be an encouragement to them. And so I, you know, I typically, you know, have this you know, special bond with the students, but they don't always reciprocate that. They don't always return that. Right. You know, you view them as a friend. They view you as, oh, you're the youth pastor that's trying to make me do things I don't want to do, <laughs> which, you know, it's not just trying to force them to do things they don't want to do. It's just, you know, trying to teach them how to, you know, live a good, you know, lifestyle, you know, right. scriptural, you know, be a good person. Right. And twisting your own personal um, experiences, you know, saying that your experience and your testimony is, you know, you're trying to push them to do the same thing. It's not right. We had issues in the past. Right. Yeah. Like there was a, there was a group of kids that had come and uh, we invested a lot of time in them and uh, tried to minister to them. And, you know, I'd established a close bond with them. And they, you know, they'd left the, their, their family left the church for, you know, one reason or the other. And that happens, you know, you have families that leave, you know, you'll be close to the kids and the parents decide they want to go to another church and, you know, that stuff just happens. But, um, you know, I didn't think I had any, you know, there was anything between us and the kids that, you know, was necessarily wrong, but, uh, I had ran into these kids a few years ago at Dairy Queen and they were standing in front of me in line. I was so excited to see them. I kept saying their names and they just, you know, I thought, okay, well, they didn't hear me. And I kept saying their names and they, they refused to turn around and even acknowledge I was standing behind them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it broke my heart because, you know, I was really close to these kids and they refused to even acknowledge that I was standing there. And so that's something you got to prepare yourself for is you love all, you, you love all your students. You love all of them with the love of Christ and you want nothing but the best for them, but they're not always going to return those um those feelings back to you they're not going to look at you the same way so that's something you got to prepare yourself heartbreak heartbreak is something that is going to continue to happen right and also the heartbreak of like they're still learning they're making um decisions in their lives and sometimes they you know they do some very heartbreaking things that not only for them it just breaks your heart you know as they're leader their pastor so right right seeing them you know being at the age making poor decisions you know knowing the consequences that are going to come you know that can really be heartbreaking too but on the opposite coin, side of the coin of that you know when you do run into those kids that maybe stepped away and then they see you five ten years down the road they they're so excited to see you and they're like oh I, i'm so thankful for you know the you know how you you taught me about God and, you know, the person you were in my youth and how you tried, because then they can now, you know, further down the line, they can see the bigger picture and realize, you know, right. You know, everything that you did for them. So, and that, that brings us to the last point. That's remember your mission, why you're doing what you're doing. There's youth groups that have hundreds and hundreds of kids 
But you got to remember, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the number of conversions you get. It's not about that. You're trying to make disciples who make disciples. You're trying to bring people into the family of God. You're trying to disciple them, you know, in a way that maybe they're not getting at home. Maybe they're not learning in school so that they can then share that with their families. You read about that in Deuteronomy. You read about that in Ephesians, the role of, um, kind of like a parent you're kind of serving as a surrogate parent to a lot of these kids because a lot of them don't come from homes where they have a good parental um, influence in their lives so no and even some of the parents that proclaim to be christians are not living a christian lifestyle outside of coming to church on sunday so it can be very difficult that way too so gabe we just kind of went through this list of things for um, people to that are serving in youth to just kind of be mindful of. Do you have anything that maybe you want to share on the topic? Like for youth pastors um, or people in youth groups that maybe they should uh, take note of? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, like going through the years and, you know, all the things that we've experienced with, you know, with it and as a young adult now and trying to, I guess, you know, refine my purpose I guess you know like always just try and you know put 100% into what you do and you get you know that back and you know having somebody you know be that counterpart you know be accountability for you as you do that and you know help and find what sticks you know find what doesn't stick you know have multiple you know things going you know you don't want to have two more things going on but you know you won't be able to have enough to where okay you know what what might stick and you know what might not stick and you know like just learning from you know people that's done it before you and you know doing what they would do and you know would think how they would want to do everything and you know make Make it your own. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There's never a point in your life that you shouldn't continue learning things. Like you should always just strive to learn new things and, and continue to grow um, in everything you do, not just, you know, your, your biblical uh, standards here. Just everything you do should always be, you should be striving to do better. All right. So Gabe, one of the things that I remember most about you is your love for spicy things. Oh, Gabe, he's getting me into trouble today. (laughs) The drinks you drank, the donuts you ate, all the sauces. You were always bringing all these different (laughs) hot sauces. So Gabe, in honor of you in this episode, you had left behind a game for us to play that we haven't played yet. It's called the Fiery Five Challenge. Bean Boozle Fiery Five Challenge. Yes, we've been waiting to play this. So, in honor of you, you'll get to hear us play this game and eat and suffer. I'm not looking forward to this game. I just want you to know. This is Bean Boozled's Fiery Five Challenge. You have Sriracha, Jalapeno, how do you say that? Cayenne. Cayenne, Habanero, and the most potent of all, Carolina Reaper. Yes. So. Yes, um, and it has a little... um, you get to spin and, and it'll tell us which bean we have to eat. 
So here we go, the Fiery Five Challenge. Yeah, how hot can you handle? Yeah, I'm gonna go first because I want to get it over with, okay? And I spun <laughs> this thing like 20 times the other day, and I kept getting sriracha more than anything else. And I was like, I can't, I don't like the taste of sriracha. But on the fire scale, it is the least spicy, it says. So let me see. Sriracha is dark, dark orange. orange bean. So I think it's this one. It won't have any spots on it. Does it have spots? And I'm not, no, can I have one of those waters? I don't know how long they've been on your desk. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Gabe, what are you doing to me? All right, so here goes Sriracha. Here's to you, Gabe. Okay. Let's see. Oh, man. No. (laughs) It's a no for me, though. It's a very, like... Oh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> She's joking. I can't. I can't even do it anymore. Oh my goodness, it is spicy. That's the mild one. Oh man. Oh man. Okay, Lord, help me because I'm so glad I didn't get that Carolina Reaper. Okay, Gabe, here I go. Oh no. Carolina Reaper. No. Oh man, I I'm a baby okay, so when it comes a, to spicy. Yeah, that's a Carolina Red Reaper. with like brown spots. Yes, that's the one. Oh, oh, the Does smell. It smell bad? The smell. Oh, no. It smells spicy. <laughs> no, a spice. This whole can smells like no for me. Oh man. All right. Do it. Here we go. You got it. So far, not too bad. Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh. What level spicy? So no. bad. You're so bad. You're turning red. No, it's so bad. You're turning the color of the bean. Oh, my throat. Oh. oh I'm crying. He is sweating. This is oh. hilarious. Gabe, what'd you do? He's trying to wash it down with a monster. Guys, I don't understand. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Man, that's bad. Oh. Gabe, you tried all these. Things, didn't you? Uh, I tried the Carolina Reaper, and yeah, it's hot. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sweating. My, I'm, I can I'm feel it my over ears. here, too. <laughs> <laughs> said he could feel it in his ears, Gabe. Oh. <laughs> I was really hoping to get the habanero. Uh, oh, man. Because that's, I felt like oh. that would be the best one out of this grouping. But. Oh, let me put my glasses back on. <laughs> you are red. Oh, like, that's so a bad. tomato. <laughs> this is your oh, fault. Man. Oh, man. You, Whose idea was it? was my idea. It man, was your idea. so bad. Gabe, I, we're making the teenagers play this. This is great. <laughs> This is amazing. Wow. I think on Wednesday we're going to have to pull this out. Oh, it burns so bad. Hey, we will definitely. Uh, and uh, I, I want to see Justin do it. <laughs> we will I, film I wanna, Justin I, doing it. Yeah, we will put you on FaceTime. And uh, I, I, we definitely need to make oh. the kids do this because this is terrible. <laughs> so bad. Yes, I... I've been wanting to see him do it for so long. I, I love spicy things. You, you, you did the one chip challenge, didn't you? I've done it twice. What? <laughs> no. 
I've seen people do that and they, they like die on camera. It's so bad. I I chugged the whole chocolate milk to help Man. in the day. We're gonna have to do a retching warning on this because I totally retched Oh man. Sriracha. I don't like the taste of sriracha. I think if I got jalapeno or habanero or even cayenne, I would have been much better. That I just can't sriracha flavors are gross to me. I don't know. Man, I don't know if I can talk. <laughs> Your tongue looks numb. Swelling. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, I, I like the habanero beans. Uh, yeah, that's what I was hoping to get. And I spun it a couple times the other day, but I was like, I don't get that sriracha. So I can't stand it. Well, Gabe, like I said, you were, you were my right-hand man for many years. And if there's one more thing I could share with uh, people that you know, are teaching youth pastors, youth ministers, youth directors. Um, try to find that student, that one that uh, uh, your dog has a lot to say about it, too. Yes, he, like, <laughs> he wants you to know. He's, he's like, okay, this is what you need to know about youth ministry. <laughs> the, the dog doesn't return to its vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um, ha- try to find that student, that leader, that person that, you know, is going to serve alongside you, that will help you be, because Gabe, there's ways that you could connect to the students that I couldn't because I'm an adult, I'm older. When you were there with them, their age, you know, there were things that you could, they would come to you with that maybe they weren't comfortable coming right. to you with. Or things that they so. might be embarrassed to tell us or ashamed to tell us. Right. They will a lot of times tell to somebody their age. Absolutely. So try to find that student. If you're a uh, youth minister, youth pastor, youth worker at all, try to find that student that you can, uh, establish that relationship with that will come alongside you and help you with the youth department. So Gabe, we, we appreciate you being on the podcast. We appreciate, you know, everything that you did in the youth department and we're praying for you that you'll get plugged into a church where you can, you know, serve the way that you served us uh, here. We're going to let you go now, but uh, we appreciate you being on the podcast. Well, hopefully we'll be able to have you back on in the future. Yes, maybe in person sometime if you visit. Yeah. I I hope so too. Yes, absolutely. So again, Gabe, thank you for joining us. Um, On the podcast here, we want to give a shout out to Soundroll for a song, Bulletproof, that is featured at the beginning and the end of the podcast. And again, a special thanks to Gabe for being on the podcast. And as always, we just want to remind you to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your memes, and we will see you next time.